What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Those of you that are watching online, worshiping with us, we're so glad that you are connecting with us. Uh, I just, it's a big deal for us to be connected uh, as a church and as a body and the body of Christ. And, and so I'm just so excited to, to do that. I'm so glad I get to lead the church. And I do have some news that I want to share with you. You know, one of the things that we constantly are, are doing is communicating up front about what God is doing in the life of our church and, and all those different things. And so uh, one of the things that we wanted to share with you is that Pastor Nick O'Brien, our worship pastor, will be transitioning uh, over these next few weeks. Uh, his last Sunday will be uh, the first Sunday in May. And so we wanted to make you guys aware of that. Uh, it makes me sad. Like I, I've, I've known Nick for several years now, and he's been our worship pastor for a while, and, and uh, he just feels like God is, is leading him uh, to a different spot, a different location uh, north of here. And so I just, like I love Nick, I love Taylor, I love, I love their son Griffin, I love them as a family. Uh, he's an incredible man, incredible pastor. I know he's challenged me in my leadership, and so I'm so thankful. Uh, so I just, we wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, about that. So hug them, love them, kiss them, bless them. Uh, we're, we're excited about what God is doing in their life and for the future, but you know, a little bit sad that you know, they're leaving us. And, uh, but then I also wanted to share just as the lead pastor, you know, it's, uh, for Nicole and I as co-pastors, as we lead, uh, we absolutely are planning on filling this position. You know, it's a full-time position for us as a staff, and so the lead team is aware. Uh, we've put some, you know, some feelers out there, some communication that we'll be looking to hire. Uh, so I know some of you are connected with people and, and know others, and so we're looking for a high-quality, you know, anointed worship pastor to lead Grace, to lead us uh, in our time on Sunday mornings and throughout the week uh, in groups and, and leadership. And so we just wanted to make you aware of that, uh, of what's going on, and as we continue to move forward uh, as a church. So, but we you know, are excited about what God has for us in the future as well. So before I get into uh, the message in this new series, because it's a new series on the Bible, like how to study the Bible, uh, I want to help you understand it, to apply it. Uh, let's take a moment and let's pray as God uh, and ask the Lord to come and communicate uh, through his Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we come before you. Uh, Father, we honor you. We bless you. Uh, we thank you so much for your word, for your scripture. God, as we're going to dive into your word and what that means, uh, what does it look like for us to read what, what you're trying to communicate to us through psalms and letters and history, and, and there's just so many things, so many aspects to it. And so, Father, I pray that, that you would communicate. Lord, even just as I speak out with a microphone, uh, God, that your Holy Spirit just transcends everything. So would you use me? Uh, as, as a mouthpiece to communicate your word about your scripture. Uh, Lord, would you speak to our hearts in only the way that your Holy Spirit can, because you know exactly where we're at. You know our thoughts. You know the intentions of our heart. And Father, you know the importance of your word in our lives. And we just ask that you would help us to lean in to that. Would you communicate in Jesus' name? Amen. So one of the things that I want to make sure to be very clear about is for us here at Grace Church, uh, the Bible is... God's authoritative word for us. We, we absolutely believe it. We believe that it's inerrant. Uh, we believe that he communicated it for us. Uh, we believe that you know, it's something that he gives to us that we can absolutely grab a hold of and apply in our lives. There's so many times uh, where I'll be reading something in scripture and it'll be exactly what I need in that day, in that moment, in that time, or even for what I, is coming up for me. Uh, so I, for us as a church, you know, we believe that God communicated through the power of the Holy Spirit to men and women, and they wrote it down. 
Uh, that's the way it works. Like God communicates to you and I, and, and we're aware. We hear his voice. We, we, hear, we feel his spirit. And so God was very intentional on how he, he wrote it, what was put in it. And so I just I want you to realize that, just the importance of God, God's word. There is no other book that has been more purchased, more read, that has stood the test of time than Scripture. And so we just have to recognize that. And so in diving into this and in, in understanding how to read God's word and the importance of it, I want you to fall in love with it. Like I, I, want, I want you to, not to just look at it as words on pages, but I want you to fall in love with the Lord and what he's communicating to us. And, and I also want to encourage you, maybe get a paper Bible. Like I, I, I read, I read you know, my, my Bible app and stuff, but I don't know if you have a paper Bible or if you open it up, but I, love, I think there's just something to it you know, about opening up and reading and, 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 and just processing. I know I underline things and, and write little notes in the margin, so I just want to encourage you to do that, uh, to, to interact with God's Word, because we need it. I don't know about you, but I need God's direction. I need His wisdom. I need His insight in my life. Uh, I want to know more about Jesus, and He reveals things to me every time I read the Gospels, new things about Him and who He was, who He is as my Savior. Uh, and so I just, I, you probably need that too. Like I'm guessing, you know, having a little bit more wisdom or direction in life would probably be a good thing. And so it is so important for us to have a firm foundation for our life and how we're living. In fact, there's actually a verse that talks about that. It's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And so this is Jesus. Jesus saying, hey, read, read my teachings, read my scripture, read what I'm, what I'm talking about. Because when you do, it's, it's wisdom for your life. And because the, the reality is, you and I are going to have some tough days. We are. We're going to have tough seasons in our life. We're going to have tough years. And, and there's going to be difficulties that we face. And so when Jesus was talking in Matthew 7, he's like, you need my teaching. You need my word. So that way you're planted on a firm foundation. So when those storms come, you're not persuaded. You don't fall by the wayside. They don't have to wreck your life the way they have in the past, because you're standing on my word and the truth of it. And so when we have a solid foundation that we're standing on, it's unshakable. It's absolutely unshakable, and any storm can, can come, uh, but we can persevere through it. So, you know, I, I love talking about Scripture. I love talking to people about Scripture. And, and many times people will tell me, hey, you know, I, I like to read the Bible. I wish I read it more. But sometimes when I read it, I just don't understand it. And to me, the Bible's kind of like marriage. If you're married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I've been married for 22 years, and I love my wife, but I don't always understand her. Uh, if you are married and you're a man, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Women are amazing, but they are so tough to understand what they are thinking, what they're feeling, what they mean when they say certain things. Like, ladies, we don't get it. Like, we don't get it, so please help us. And so I would say the same thing. You know, when we read Scripture, it's like, God, I don't get it. 
I don't get it, Lord. You've got to show me. You've got to reveal some things to me. Uh, you know, and, and just FYI, if you're married, you know, we get our new building over the summer, and we're going to do a marriage conference in the fall. So don't worry. We'll, like, we'll help you because uh, I'm growing in marriage, and so that, that marriage conference is coming. And, uh, but, man, I just, I just I really, really absolutely personally believe you know, that we love the aspect, the idea of what the Bible is. That it's a guidebook. If you're an athlete, it's a playbook. If if you if you're you know uh, if you love reading, you're going. I just I, I love the history of it. I love the poetic stuff. I love reading about Jesus. I love the letters and, and Paul's missionary journey. Like th- there's so much to it. But here's the reality. I think if we were to look at us and ourselves and in our lives, me included, we are not as reliant upon Scripture as we should be. I think if we're honest about that, we'll recognize that, and we need a little bit more. So we need to read. We need to meditate on God's Word. We need to memorize Scripture. Uh, it says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it says, he, Joshua's communicating, he's like, study, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate it, meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to open, to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Do you, re- do you So if we're going to talk about how do we read and how do we study Scripture, look at that verse. Look at, look at it. Look at that verse. We've got to meditate on it. We've got to obey everything in it. Only then will you succeed and prosper in all you do. do. Like, do you not want to prosper and succeed? Okay, well, here's the deal. Reading God's Word will help us have success in our life. Uh, and so there have been plenty of times in my life uh, when I've been talking with somebody, you know, whether it's something really important or, or a struggle that they're going through or just a wonderful thing, and I will make reference to the scripture passage that I read that morning. Like, it just, it just ha- it happens all the time. And so even when I pray, people will ask me, like, hey, you know, I want to learn to pray better. So just, uh, just communicating, like, how do we study scripture? We're reading it and applying it. How do we pray? We pray God's word. So if you don't know how to pray or what to pray, I would say dive into scripture and then you read one of these verses and you say, God, this is like, I want to talk to you now. Like you're communicating to me. So I read this verse, it grips my heart. So I want to, I want to pray this scripture. And so I just, I've chosen to make God's word part of my life. I want to know it more. I want you to know it more, more than just simply casual reading. I want you to know it, learn it, read it, follow it meditate on it so that's something you think about and you go to every single moment of every day. And so here's what I want to share with you. I feel like the Bible is as essential as air. That's my first point. The Bible scripture is as as essential as air. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. And they've been given, to, given you the wisdom you receive the salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. Okay, we get that, right? Verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful in, to teach what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So we read those verses and we go, yeah. Like, I get it. God's word talks about Jesus. It showed me about salvation. Do you see the aspect in there where it says it's God-breathed? Like, all scripture 
is God-breathed. And, and we get the part where, like we've got to read it to understand what's right, and it corrects us, and it feels challenged. But I want to focus right there on that God-breathed, because if I'm going to make a point in saying that Scripture is as essential as air, what if we look at the fact that God literally breathes this into existence? So you want, you want me to teach you how to study Scripture? When you read those verses, d- does, the, does the idea of something being God-breathed just grab a hold of you. To me, that jumps out of the page and like hits me right in the face. Because I, I, like I get the idea about salvation, and sometimes that's a bigger deal, you know, depending on the day. But I, I just, I read this God breathed, and I'm going, oh my gosh. I, I, when I was a child, I needed Christ, but God breathed, God breathed, and brought this into existence, into people's lives through his Holy Spirit. Let, let, let me give you a, just a, a story, an example, to understand the magnitude of this. I don't know if you've ever gone to a, a state or an area that has a higher elevation, like a, a, a state like Colorado. If you've, ever, if you've ever gone to the Colorado mountains, you know, you go up into the mountains, and, and the reality is, is the air is thinner there. The oxygen, there's less oxygen, and so it's thinner. And so what happens is maybe you're hiking or skiing or you're doing something, it's harder to breathe. For those of us that live at sea level here in Florida, you know, when we go to 10,000 feet, you're like, <gasps> you know, and so you're going, I need more oxygen, you know, it's just, or, or, you know, you get altitude sickness. I know, you know, recently my family and I, we traveled and, and, and we got to go skiing for a little bit and, and all of us, all of us, headaches the first couple of days, we're going, what's the deal? It's altitude sickness. Why? Because our brain now has less oxygen you know, because we're at that thinner air. And I just, I wonder, I wonder how many believers have stress in their life, but because the air is thinner, because they're, they're, they're not diving into God's word, because their spiritual walk is thin, that they run out of breath, that you run out of breath, you run out of oxygen, because you're not fully reliant on what is God-breathed in our lives. And so because we don't spend enough time in God's word, I just I think the small things in life rise to the surface and we give them just more focus than really what they deserve. And so there's a fine line. I will fully admit there is a fine thin thread-like line to between justify justifiably concerned. Right? I get that. I mean, so I think it's justifiably con- you know appropriate for us to be concerned about our kids, our family, our work, job, money, right? Those those are great. Those are extremely important things that God has put in our life. So I think it's important for us to recognize them, be responsible, absolutely, no doubt. But then when we allow those things to move into stress, where we're overly concerned or it's dominating our life, then I think we get to the point where we have bypassed the reality that God is actually the one in control of our finances. When we take our kids, and one of the things we do here at Grace Church is, is we have a dedication service, child dedication, where you know, we dedicate our kids to the Lord, and, and it's like, okay, I, I dedicated my, all three of my sons, but sometimes they cause stress in my life, and I'm like, God, I don't trust you. I dedicated that to them, but I don't trust that you can actually do what I want you to do in their lives, and so I want to take back control, and that's lack of trust in my life with the Lord, and, you know, man, I just, 
There's so many aspects to this. There's a, a song that I really enjoy listening to. It's, it's called So Will I. It's by Hillsong, uh, just a great worship song. And one of the things that in there, there's a line. It says, as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. I mean, when, when I heard that line, I was like, Wow. And I'm overly concerned about my three sons, and literally God speaks his word into existence. God speaks a hundred billion galaxies into existence. So to me, when I, when I hear that, and when I read his word, like God is able to do anything, and he does it all perfectly, absolutely perfectly. So why is it that you and I don't read what he's given to us as his God-breathed word. Why is it that we allow stress and anxiety and fear into our lives? I, just, I think it's because we don't think that this is important as what it really is. We don't look at it as essential as oxygen that we're breathing. It's because we don't trust him and who he is. And, and so, you know, sometimes I'll go, oh, you know, I just look at my life and maybe you as well. You go, oh, no, I trust God. You know, we go, oh, I, I, like I tr-. so, okay, we trust him, but do you actually know his heart and who he is than to trust him fully? And the only way to know the heart of the Father is to spend time with him, not only in prayer but and, and in Bible reading, but just constantly throughout the day. And so he would breathe, he breathes through his Holy Spirit this word into existence, and it's essential for our lives. The second way the Bible is essential is to overcome our temptation. And so this is Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Now, when you and I read that, right, we're talking about how to study scripture. You read that and you go, oh, that makes me feel good. It's a feel good. God, you, you're, like, you're like light. You're light at my feet and you guide my path. But see, the problem is, is there's a lot of, I wish I didn't do that. You ever have those? You know, you think about your decisions in life, and you go, I wish I didn't do that, or I wish I didn't say that. And, and so to me, understanding God's word and, and studying God's word helps us to recognize temptation that turns into sin. Because really, temptation is reality. We're going to face temptation all the time. But when temptation trips us up and we stumble and we fall, it's because we've not allowed the light of God's word to be exposed on our feet in our life and our path for what the temptation truly is. Because do you ever recognize the reality that God communicated to us in his word about, about our enemy, about the devil, the one who tempts us? And, and so it says in there very clearly that he prowls around. Okay, prowling around. Why does something prowl around? Like I watch the neighborhood cats that I wish would go away, and they're prowling around. You know, if you're a cat lover, sorry. Um, so, you know, that. They're prowling around. Why? Because they don't want to be seen by the squirrels, by the rats, by the mice, by the, the birds. They're pr- so Satan prowls around, at, like in the shadows, away. Why? Because if he said, here I am, I'm the devil, boo, you know, like we would run away. Like we just like, oh my gosh, like take out. No, he prowls around where? In darkness, in the shadows of our lives the shadows of our heart that we've allowed to be created and remain, where we've not allowed the light of God's word to penetrate and expose. So 
I don't know about you, but uh, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the dark. Uh, maybe you were as well, like I feel you, um, still am sometimes. And so, but when I was a kid and when I was growing up, we, we, I grew up in upstate New York till I was about 13. And so we had a, a, a two-story home, like a split level kind of thing. And so my bedroom was on the bottom floor. And man, I'll tell you what, if it was late at night, and all the lights were out, and I needed to go upstairs to the kitchen for, for a drink of water, and there were no lights on. <laughs> I ran as fast as I could up those stairs, and I, like, I, with one eye over my shoulder, because who knows? Who knows what's coming up after you? Like, can I, can I, can I get some support in here? Like, could you raise your hand? Like, if that's you, and thank you so much. Like, I am so glad I'm not the only one. And like still at times I'm, I'm like, I, it's just me, like left eye over the shoulder, making, like just making sure. But man, I would run as fast as I could up those stairs. But if there was a light on, I wasn't scared at all, zero. And so temptation is the light, is, is, is what comes in our life. And the Bible, God's word, is the light that gets cast onto that temptation so we can see it. And so, guys, men, if you're prowling around on the internet late at night, you will find what you're looking for. You absolutely will find it. But if you allow yourself to have transparency, if you allow yourself to be exposed, if you allow God's word to be hidden in your heart, you recognize that as a struggle in your life, then you can and will overcome that temptation. And so when we look at, at God's word, like we have to recognize the importance, that the, how, how essential it truly is. You know, even in scripture, Jesus was tempted by Satan on many occasions. And in, in one instance, in Matthew 4.1, this, this is what it's recorded. Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So we're studying scripture. Do you see how was Jesus led? Jesus was led by the spirit. He was not in sin going into the desert. He was led by the Spirit going to be tempted. So here's what, here's what I pull from that. God does not tempt us. The devil tempts us. But he does absolutely lead us by his Spirit to times of testing. We, are, we can be absolutely connected by God and walk through a season of struggle. And yet be so reliant upon the Lord in the midst of that season where we're being tested. The same thing happens in school. When you and I go to school, when we take a class, when we're studying you know, to get our master's or doctorate, we go to school, we read books, we learn. We absorb all this knowledge in our brain, right? We, we do labs and papers and re, all research. Why? To absorb all this stuff. And then what happens? They give us a test. Do you actually know it? Do you know the material? When you read God's word, when you're being tested and tried, do you go back to draw out his word to apply that to, to that temptation in that test? That's exactly why we've got to study it. It's so essential. Where have you been tested before in your life? And here's what I want to share with you. Maybe, just maybe, God is leading you by his spirit into that time of testing. Because he's trying to make us more reliant upon him. How are you going to respond in the test? Oh, man, I didn't do so good. F minus. Failed. 
okay, now what? Now what are you going to do? You're going to go back and you're going to study more. You're going to take a look. You're going to dig into it more. I mean, Jesus fasted for 40 days, and he was tempted during that time. And there were three specific areas where he was, he was tested. One was provision. So he fasted for 40 days, so of course he was hungry. The devil goes, hey, turn these stones into bread. Here's the thing that's really interesting. Jesus could have. Jesus could have taken a stone and turned it into bread. That's my God. Like, that's my Savior. I'm going, what? Like, that's mind-blowing to me. God spoke, and 100 billion galaxies appear. God speaks. He gives us his word. A stone to bread? No problem. Two fish and some loaves to feed thousands? That's, that's no, no issues at all. So Jesus, or the, the devil tempts Jesus with provision, and then he talks about protection. Uh, I mean, you and I, we are constantly thinking about being protected, aren't we? We want to be secure. We want to be comfortable. That's exactly what Satan was laying before Jesus. Hey, if you do this, then everything's going to be taken care of. And then also the aspect of worship. What are you worshiping? Where is your attention, your focus in life? Jesus was being tempted. Just bow down to me and worship me, and, and everything will be fine. And so, gosh, if, if the devil was tempting Jesus, you're darn sure that he's going to tempt us. He's going to come after us. And so we need to be prepared. And so we need to study God's word. It's essential. It helps us to overcome temptation. So what we need to do is we need to have both defense and offense. Right, Because sometimes we're being attacked, and we need a, a good defensive strategy when we're being attacked. But I also feel like sometimes we need to go on the offensive and retaliate. And so this is, this is great. If you've ever read Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the armor of God. So this is the spiritual warfare that you, encounter, you and I encounter every single day. I want to read two verses from that chapter. The first is verse 11 where uh, Paul is the writer of, to, the, to the church in, in Ephesus, and so he writes this letter in, to Ephesians. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So we have full armor. Like, you know, you have the helmet of salvation. You have, like, the breastplate of righteousness. You have the shield of faith. Uh, you got some cool shoes on, uh, you know, and, and so, like, all these different pieces of armor to, to take the, the defense. And then what he says in verse 17 Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the sword is a mechanism that, yes, we can defend ourselves, but it's mainly used as an offensive weapon. So the sword is what? The word of God. Do you know God's word enough where you can take an offensive posture against the enemy when he, when he attacks you? So the way that we overcome the enemy is with God's word. The way we overcome temptation is through quoting scripture, just the same way that Jesus did when we face those temptations. Do you know the verses that correlate with the greatest areas that you're tempted? There's your homework. There's your research. How to study God's word? Dive in this week and find those verses that you need to speak out and memorize when you're facing those temptations. The third thing I want to touch on, uh, the, the third essential regarding God's word is this is where we feed ourselves, okay? Uh, this is, so in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, it says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. 
Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. This should be a challenge. We, we, we should, if you are a Christ follower, if you put your faith in Jesus and you got saved, and it was in the past, like whether it was a month ago, a year ago, five years ago, a couple decades ago, whatever it is, how long you would say that you would claim Christ as your Savior and you've been following after him, are you eating solid food? And that, this is challenging. Only you can answer this. this is like we have to look at ourselves and our lives. God certainly knows what's going on. But there have been numerous times, I actually shared this a few weeks ago in a message, but it's, it's, so, it's so true. There have been numerous times when people would come to me and they would go, Pastor Aaron, it would just be great if you could follow me around. If you could be with me every single day, like every moment of every day, I'll let you know when I'm getting up and you could be at my door. You could come with me. We could travel to work together. We could talk on the way to work. Like that would be cool. I'd be fine with that. At lunchtime, you know, we'll take a break together. We'll talk. Maybe we'll read, do a devotion. Like that would be so neat. And then when I'm done with work, you'll just come home with me. And you know, when, when I have to deal with the stuff with my kids or problems or work or stress, you know, and, and even when I'm dealing with things at work, you can be there with me. Like, wouldn't that be so cool? Yeah, it would. So every single one of you pick a day. And I'm, I have my calendar out in the lobby. Uh, pick a day, and we'll, like, we'll just hang out. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? Here's the deal. I would love that. I would absolutely love to spend the entire day together. That would be amazing. But I also would love for you to love God's word so much and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through his word. Like, I, I, would, I would enjoy hanging out, but I would love even more if you got to the place of maturity in your spiritual walk that you could feed yourself. Not only feed yourself, but do what scripture calls us to do, and that's to make other disciples. And so for those of you that would say that you, you've been following Christ for a little while, are you a strong enough Christian that you feel comfortable to make disciples? That's the challenge. Where Paul's going, you just need milk. I, you, need, you should be to the point where you are comfortable making other disciples. And here's the problem. I don't know that many of us are. And so that's my challenge. As your pastor, it's not my job to follow you around every day. It's my job to help you study God's word and apply it in your life and feed yourself and, and learn how to cook so that way you can feed other people and help them to, be, to eat. Like, that's great. That's amazing. And then... They become somebody that's learning and growing from you. And so the whole goal in this whole you know, idea of, of church and Christ and, and us is that we would expose people to Christ and with his love and goodness, with the radical love of Christ, so that they would become a follower. And so then we could make more disciples because God has made us one as well. That's the whole idea. And so teach God's word to others. And so I want to do my best. To, to feed you on Sundays and encourage you. But here's, the, here's what I want to say very directly. It is your responsibility to feed yourself. It's not my responsibility. So it, it is yours. And so, um, you know, if I asked you, do you love God? You probably would say, yeah, of course. But if I asked you, does your life reflect God's word in your life? And the reading of his word. You might would answer that a different way. 
So one of the, the things that I've come across is some study and some research about Scripture in Christians' lives here in America. Not like our, us as a country. I'm talking about people who claim Christ that are in the church. Here's what I found. The question was posed to, to people in the church. How often do you read the Bible? How often do you read? And, and so if I asked you, how often do you read? There are multiple categories. So every day. Do you read the Bible every day? Only 18% of Christ followers say that they read the Bible every day. Do you read the Bible weekly? Maybe it's weekly for you. I don't know. 22%. So uh, every day and weekly was a 40% total. Then it went to four times a year or not at all. 60%. How often do you read God's Word? Every day, every week, once a month? once a quarter, or not at all? That's on you. That's like a question you have to answer. My, my encouragement is every day. And I have a big confession for you. I don't read it every day. Like, should I? Yeah, like I get it. But there's some days I don't want to read the Bible. Like I don't. There's some days I'm going, nah, I, I, I want to go do something else. Like I want to go fishing. I want to go play golf. Like I, I, anything else. I, and just, just being honest. But here's the problem. We make observations on the church in America as declining, don't we? And yet, based on this study, 60% of Americans aren't feeding themselves with God's word. And so I would say the church and its people are starving for nourishment of God's word. And so that's why we need to talk about it. So what, I, like, I'm, I'm sorry if, if you feel like I'm coming down so hard on you. It's because I love you. It's because I care about you. Because uh, what, what this looks like for you and I, we've got to be fully reliant upon his word and studying it every single day. So the word of God is the bread from heaven. It's the breath that God speaks to us. It's nourishment for our soul. And so where are you right now? Are you a, hey, I haven't read the Bible in a long time. I read the Bible once in a while. And so here's what we want, to do, want you to do. We want you to take the next step. If you haven't read the Bible in a year, okay, how about today? Like, how about tomorrow? Like, like, let's start the whole idea about reading Scripture. And so what we want to do is we want to you to take a step. And so for us as, as a church, one of the things that we do is, is we follow a SOAP guide. And these are in paper form out in the lobby. Uh, if you are online right now, you can go to gracechurch.life. You click on About Us, and you click on SOAP guide. If, you are, if you're more into electronic stuff, it's online every single moment of every single day. What, what scripture should I read? Oh, let me check the SOAP guide. What is it? Put it in your favorites. Like something like figure out how to, how to make this part of your life every single day. So soap guide, and in here it even talks about what to do and how to do it. So right now we're in 1 Kings, Psalms, and 1 Peter. As a church, that's what we're reading. It, it, talks, it has the month, it has the day, what you read that day. We're trying to make it that simple, okay? So you're going, I get it, dude. You have laid it down like so hard on me that right now, and I feel guilty, and so stop. Stop talking. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? Here it is. There you go. Soap guide, God's word. Like, we'll give you the chapter, and, and you be, can begin to absorb it in your life. Because if you're growing in your faith, if you're growing in your faith, that's the discipleship that it, it occurs naturally. You'll be feeding, feasting. Can you imagine feasting on God's word? Like, breathing in his Holy Spirit in his life, in, in our lives. 
And so to me, you know, the Lord speaks over us, doesn't he? He speaks over us promises, things that are good and amazing. He, he gives us assurance. He gives us comfort. He gives us the direction that we long for. I mean, he gives us wisdom to make those decisions. He gives us revelation in our lives where the Holy Spirit will reveal things and speak to us in the times when we need it most. And the thing that's incredible is God does this amazing thing where he transforms the human heart. You ever think about that? The magnitude of that? Because of Christ and him dying and resurrecting in God's word, he changes us. And because of that, we get to go into his presence. You and I get to be in God's presence when we read his word. That's why this is such, it, it's, it's more than just words on a page. It's God breathing life into us and it's essential. We've got to have it. It helps us overcome temptation and it feeds our soul. And so I, I hope you can you know, see my heart in this because I love you, because I care about you. Like I, I'm willing to say some of these challenging things. Over these next several weeks uh, of this series, what we're going to do is we're going to do some how-tos. Like how, how do you read certain things? What words stand out? What, you know, understanding background and context and, and time era. Like the, it's extremely important when you're reading scripture, when you talk about the application in our life in this day and age. It's essential to have that. And we're going to do that over these next several weeks. So don't miss. But I want to encourage you, get the soap guide, start diving in, start reading, read with us. Let, let's go on this journey together and see maybe, maybe what God might do as, us result, as a result of us dialing into him a little bit more and stop starving and feed ourselves. And I, I think it would be incredible what he does. And so what I want to do right now is I want to just pause in this time of the service. I'm going to I'm going to stop preaching like this message on God's word, but I have to, you know, say out loud to, to some of you, if you haven't taken the first step, that's the most important thing. Like, I want you to read God's word, but reading it is, is great and wonderful, but if you haven't come to, come to the point where you declare Jesus as the number one person in your life, where you surrender your life to him, like reading the Bible just, it, 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 it's different. Because what happens is when we put our faith in Jesus, it, in Scripture it says literally that He changes our soul, our spirit becomes renewed in Him. And so we get a new spirit. So the same spirit that God used to write His Word comes inside of us when we acknowledge Jesus and who He is. That, that's how this works. So like needing Christ and following after Him is the first thing. And so if everybody here in the auditorium, if you guys could do me a favor, bow your head and close your eyes. Uh, you know, and, and those of you watching online, you know, at this point in time, we just, we have to say, do we need, do I need Jesus? Have you acknowledged your need for him? And so if you haven't yet done that, uh, now's the time. Now's the time to do that. And so we're just going to go before the Lord and just make this declaration. So if that's you, just pray along with me. Just say, God, I know I need you. Jesus, I know I need you in my life. I'm desperate for you. Lord, would you change me? I'm so sorry for the things that I've done. Would you forgive me of all that stuff? All those things that I, that I wish I didn't do. The list is far too long. Would you remove the shame and the guilt? Would you 
do something incredible in me. I need you. I long for you. Jesus, I confess, I need you. I believe that you're God's son. And Father, that's the, the big thing right now that you're doing. Lord, just bringing salvation in our hearts, bringing salvation in our lives. And Father, right now, I just ask that you would communicate. I thank you so much for your love. God, you loved us so much that you gave us Jesus. And God, you loved us so much that you gave us your word. You gave us the scripture because you knew, you knew we were going to need it. And so God, right now, we just, we, we make this, we admit that we have not read and studied the way that we know we're supposed to, but God, would it not be so much a supposed to, but it would, it, would you make it a longing, a desiring inside of us to be close to you? Would you saturate our soul with songs of praise about you, songs that are based on scripture? Would you saturate our mind with thoughts about your word? Lord, would you help us to study? Would you help us to remember the things that we read, that it would come alive inside of us. God, I pray right now that you would breathe your spirit on us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you guys go ahead and stand and we'll close with a song.